Welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show, the number one podcast where we admit no matter what happens, daddy has the advice we need to fix our problems. Introducing my dad, Mr. Wayne Friedman. That was good. It would be nice if you could also sing a song. What would the song be? You love Paris in the springtime. I just made up some words to it. I love Rena in the springtime. I love Rena in the fall. (laughs) That's right. That's good enough. (laughs) Oh boy. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show. I'm your host, Rena Friedman-Watts. I am so excited to introduce our very first guest, Evan Carmichael. He's an author. In fact, I have his new book, Built to Serve, right here in my hand. He's an entrepreneur, husband, father, and all-around kick-ass human being. Let's get personal today with Evan. What's going on? Hey, all right. Oh my God. I literally was up all of last night. I could not sleep. That's how excited I was about this. I'm so excited too. Let's go. Are you happy? I'm in a, this feels weird to say, I'm in a super happy spot and always trying to get better. I made some tweaks in my schedule this past week and I'm just coming out of every day right now feeling like, man, what a great day. Like what another great day. I think it's achievable for everybody and it's also a constant pursuit. It's a constant drive to try to be happier because what makes you happy will shift a little bit next week and a week later and definitely next year. You can't just be doing the same thing over and over and over again because then you won't be as happy anymore. Yeah, I'm in a super awesome place right now. It's been a lot of work to get here and I think it's something that everybody can achieve and I'm trying to help people shortcut that a lot faster. You talk about a fake front and I have seen a lot of that in the influencer space. They appear to have it all, but they are miserable. Mm. And these people are seen as leaders. And it bothers you? It does. (laughs) You know, I have empathy. What I try to pull from is I want to take different things from different people. If you're not happy and you're trying to tell people how to be happy, then that's a problem. You know, I look at my wall here and I've got Steve Jobs here and I've got AP Janini, who you probably don't know, and then my parents. What I love doing is learning different things from different people. There's no one perfect person who's going to teach you how to be you, but there's different people you can learn different things from. For example, Steve Jobs is here because I want to be a visionary like Steve Jobs. I don't want to be a visionary like my dad because he's not one, but I want to be a father like my dad. I don't want to be a father like Steve Jobs because he wasn't a very good one. How do I become the best Evan Carmichael? I'm going to pull different pieces from different people who I respect and admire. Probably the biggest core comes from my parents who taught me how to be a human. They taught me how to be a person. Most of the entrepreneur lessons don't come from them. It's come from all the people that I've siphoned information from. In looking at those influencers, I don't hate them as humans. I have empathy for where they're at. How can I learn from them? How can you take their skill set of positioning themselves? How can you take that and do it in an authentic way and use those skill sets for positive? So anybody who's good at something, I just try to look at what's the lesson I can learn from this person to make me better at the thing that I care most about. I love that. That's really positive. I want to know more about your parents. What was your relationship like with them? I love that you want to be like your father as a father and you are a father. So tell me about that. Growing up, we had high expectations, I guess, in my family. Education was valued a lot. I never did great. I had B's and C's growing up, so not bad. I'm the middle child. I had two sisters. I'm the only boy. And they both crushed at school, getting straight A's, and I'm getting B's and C's. I always had to have the talk when I got my report card came in. How I felt, at least, coming out of it was, there's always the expectations of, I need to do better, but also that I can do better. And they would always tell me that I am Evan 
is Julie Carmichael. I could do anything that I believe that I can. That's why they're on the wall because that's just that constant reminder that if I want to be the next Steve Jobs of business, I can because I'm Evan Cushilly Carmichael. I could do anything and I believe that I can. They were really helpful and instrumental in my life just to instill self-belief. My father is one of the nicest people you're ever going to meet. It's impossible to hate my dad. If he's doing a favor for you, he's going to thank you. Extremely humble, even to an extreme where it can hurt him. My mom is the very ambitious one doing all sorts of things that you know immigrant women were not supposed to do. And so my ambition and service to humanity side comes from her. I try to take the best of both of them to make me and remind me of what I need to go off and do. Who taught you how to ride a bike? Wow, I don't know. Probably my dad. Was your mom someone who put you like in swim lessons? I did swim lessons. This is, these are interesting questions. I haven't thought about it. I guess I'm talking about years ago. I'm 40 now, so this is a while ago. Me too. You're 40? All right. High five to the 40 club. There yeah. it is. Yep. It's a reflective year. I spend zero time looking backwards. I'm like 85% present, 15% future, and 0% past. Interesting. Like people said, oh, you're turning 40. What are you going to do? It's just another day. That pressure, I try to put that pressure on myself daily. The fact that you would wait till January 1st or wait till you're 40 or wait till whatever to do the thing that you want to do. It's like, just like, let's go. Every day is your birthday, huh? Yeah, go, go make. I think it's great to have it as a daily pressure. But it's the same thing like when I cross thresholds, like when I got a million subscribers on YouTube or two million subscribers on YouTube. My answer is like, what are you going to do to celebrate? I don't know, make more videos. I mean, let's go. Like, just keep building. Like this is talking to you is a celebration. I want to know why you said yes. Uh, I don't know. You must have said something. I heard you on Ryan Holtz's podcast. Okay. And on his podcast, you said that you like to be people's first interview. And I really liked that because I'm like, this guy has got over 2 million subscribers on YouTube. How is he so humble? I can load my phone. There'll be tons of requests to join people's shows. And today's a Thursday. It's my public facing day. I'm naturally an introvert. Thursday's extrovert hat on. I just make a quick judgment call on people. I don't overthink it. I like her. Okay. Yes. The worst day of my life is when I quit on my business partner when I was 19. My mission, I think your purpose comes from your pain. Whatever you struggled with the most is the thing you want to help other people through for the rest of your life. It's partly why I wrote Built to Serve. I still much more connect with the startup entrepreneur who's still trying to figure things out and turn this into a business than the person who's built a giant company. I heard your interview with Brad recently. He's certainly past startup stages. Brad is a successful multi-millionaire tycoon entrepreneur, like maybe hundreds of millions. I don't know. I don't know how big Lightspeed is, but giant entrepreneur. And it was fun and no shade of Brad. I love it. But I love the startup entrepreneurs and just helping. So that's totally me. Oh my God. People reach out to me for the craziest things. And I'm like, well, haven't done that before, but if they believe that I can, let me try it. Right. So I had a best-selling author reach out to me recently and she was like, Hey, can you help me up level and get some better blurbs for my next book? Like she's written two best-selling books. She's got 30,000 followers on LinkedIn. I was like, well, hell, you've already built a community. You're pretty easy to market. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and that's how you hack it. It's also why I love being people's first guests on their show because one, I can talk about a lot of different things and I just like it too. You can use this show to go get other people, like follow people who are following me on Instagram. Give this 25 minutes together creates a platform for you then go land 10 other guests that you really care about. Like I'm pumped that I was a tiny little part of the success of the show. I love that. I saw Mark Drager on your show and loved him. He answered a few of my questions. And so I interviewed him before I interviewed you actually. Yeah, my episode definitely has to go up before Mark Drager. (laughs) 
The Mark, Mark's one of my closest friends. I've known him for a decade plus. He came and filmed my first YouTube video on Walt Disney and that video is still up on the channel. You can go back and watch it. A lot of people make a decision based off of who you've already had on the show. Oh, you had Evan and Mark on? Oh man, I want to get on this show too. So my first book was called Your One Word that came out three years before this one. And I DM'd a guy on Instagram called Book Thinkers. His name was Nick. And I made a video say, hey Nick, um, I love what you're doing. I've got a new book, Your One Word. I'd love to send it to you, get your thoughts. I was the first author to ever reach out to him and it kind of also validated what he was doing. Now, three years later, he's got, I don't know, 80,000 followers. He's built the biggest network of nonfiction book accounts on Instagram. But I love that I was a part of it. And now he's gone off and done all this stuff because my first video had three comments in the first year. And one was my mom and one was my older sister. And one was some random dude who I'd never heard of before. I still think back to those days and know, hey, if somebody came along and helped me out a little bit. Now I didn't quit, but I thought about it. But you're also being endorsed by Gary Vee and Ed Milet and Grant Cardone and... Tony Robbins. Who is nurturing those connections? So I've been around doing YouTube now for 11 years. Part of my mission has also become to try to help some of these thought leaders get more exposure. Eric Thomas is a YouTuber. When I passed Eric Thomas on YouTube, and even when I passed Tony Robbins on YouTube, I felt sad. Here's a guy who's got so much wisdom and so much ability to help people. And how is my channel bigger than his? Like if I had half a million subscribers, he should have 5 million subscribers. I felt like he should be having a bigger impact because there's people who don't know who he is. You know, they've all been on my channel, Gary and Tony and Grant and Tom and you know, whoever for nurturing, it's mostly me. So what happens typically is like the one to one is me. I'm generally not good at this stuff. I'm introverted and like, don't like this naturally don't have conversations with people or anything like that. How has having a child changed you? I don't know that it has that much to be honest. You know, when I'm with Hayden, the fun side definitely comes out. Like the creative side definitely comes out. I think of myself when I was his age, my parents were a good voice of you you don't worry about expectations of your teachers. Our ritual is Carmichael's can do and he says anything just to try to instill the confidence in himself to go off and do whatever he wants. He's probably not going to be an entrepreneur. I don't know. He might. He loves art. You decide how you show up. I carry how I want to be into my relationship as a father, as a husband, as an entrepreneur. Every event, I guess, shapes you to some degree, but decide how I want to show up as a human and then try to bring that to every experience that I have in my life. Thank you so much for your time. This has been so much fun. Well, happy episode one. Congrats on the show. Nobody's got my daddy. <laughs> Nobody's got your wild mind either. I cannot wait for my dad's response. Here we go. So you just listened to this episode with Evan. And one thing that he said was his father taught him how to be a father. But he also mentioned that he was not really a good businessman. He liked to use Steve Jobs as an example of someone that was really a good businessman and yet a very, very bad father. There's three very important lessons that come out of your interview with Evan. One is that you have to be open-minded to be able to learn from others and to take the best of people and be able to say, I'm not going to look at the bad things of someone's shortcomings. I'm going to look at what they're great at or what they're really good at. And I'm going to try to incorporate that in my resume where I want to be the best of an entrepreneur or a businessman like Steve Jobs. And yet I want to be still a great father like my father. The second lesson that he brought up was that if you have self-confidence, 
you can accomplish almost anything. But the key to self-confidence is encouragement and learning. So if people want to have self-confidence, people have to have an opportunity to not only learn, but they need someone out there that helps encourage them. Because it's very easy for us to question ourselves that even if I'm getting a B or a C in school, his mom and dad would say, we're not disappointed in your grades, but we know you could do better. And that if you apply yourself, you could be the best of anything you want to be. You just have to apply yourself. Isn't that sound familiar? Isn't that what your dad has also told you? The same things, the same three lessons. And the funny part is, is that he also didn't understand how he could even have more following than some of these professionals in the same field. But there is a reason for it. And here's the fourth lesson, is that he's also giving and genuine and someone that's real. And people are learning from him and he's giving back, but he shows that he really cares. And a lot of these other people are a little bit more plastic and don't bend the same way as he does. You do care about the people that you're talking to. You do ask some crazy questions to where you really want to get what really makes someone tick. And a lot of these other people really don't give a darn. You heard it here on Better Call Daddy with Rena Friedman Watts. Grooming on men's below the belt area? Hell yeah. Bring on Manscaped, custom tools and care designed for your specialized needs. And ours too. If you found that entertaining, don't forget to subscribe at Better Call Daddy Podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com.